We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into the vault. It is Wednesday, September 6th. And as Sarah and I have been plugging for days now, we're really looking forward to bringing back our weekly guest preview episodes where we take a look at the Ravens opponent. And bottom line is, Sarah, as you know, when there's 32 NFL teams and you have to be so incredibly invested in just one like we are, there's only so many hours in the day. Uh, that we can really get to know and familiarize ourselves with, especially on a weekly basis, the other teams that the Ravens are are going up against. So instead of trying to convince ourselves that we know them as well as a guy like John McClain does, we're bringing in one of the all-time greats for the Houston perspective uh, because the Ravens and Texans kick things off week one this upcoming Sunday. It's a 1 o'clock kickoff from M&T Bank Stadium. So, Sarah, I just got to give you his credentials. I know you already know, but – but we wanted to get John on here because this is a this is who I call respectfully one of the OGs in football. He's a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame selection committee. He's the Pro Football Hall of Fame seniors committee member. He's a Texas Sports Hall of Famer selection committee uh, honoree. He works with Sports Radio 610 in Houston. He does columns. He does podcasts. And he's on the Texans flagship. He is. Texans football. So very much looking forward to to bringing John on today. Hey, for week one, it's already exciting. I don't know that we could start off restarting the, the weekly guest than with John McClain. I'm so excited to talk to him. Without further ado, let's bring him on. John, thanks so much for stepping inside the vault. And how was your offseason? And, and what was it like in Houston? Because talk about tumultuous. There was plenty of change over the last year or so. Yeah, people are fired up because D'Amico Ryans was brought back. Every team that had an opening wanted him. He turned down all opportunities other than Denver. And after uh, the Texans, he had agreed here, uh, Denver made him another offer, and they offered him $2 million more a year. And he told his agent, hey, Texans are offering enough. Six-year contract. People were pumped, former players, current players. I've known this is my 47th year covering the NFL first 45 for the Houston Chronicle. And and I had known D'Amico since the day he was drafted in 2006. So he's kind of like a, a hometown guy because he played here. He was respected as a player. And then he met his wife here. They were married here. Their kids were born here. They were building a house here. And uh, they started a home for wayward boys during the pandemic here. So 
they had so many Houston ties. He said it was my dream job. He came back. They drafted C.J. Stroud with a second pick, traded up to get Will Anderson Jr., who's the favorite to be NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year with a third overall pick. People are fired up, but they're still going through a rebuild. It's technically – they've been bad three years in a row, four, four, and three victories. But uh, this year's third year, their rebuild. Nick Casario, the GM, tore it down to the foundation and started over, and he had one end tied behind his back because of trades Bill O'Brien made to knock, knock out two number one picks and a number two, and a lot of those moves that O'Brien made as a general manager backfired. And uh, people here don't have any illusions about – playoffs they just like to see substantial improvement over what they had last year and i have a column that was posted this morning sportsradio610.com no paywall in which i have the texans opening and losing 31 to 16 to the super bowl champion ravens so so john for those that are you know obviously here in baltimore as they go through this rebuild from your eyes and what you've seen this summer, where do you feel like they're making strides? Where's the the strengths of this roster and then maybe some weaknesses that they still have to work on? They need a lot of work at a lot of places. I mean, a lot of places. And it starts with their offensive line. We thought they were missing three starters, all of whom were hurt in the last week of training camp, but it's two. The right tackle, Titus Howard, who had surgery on a broken hand first week of August, is going to start, but he's going to have to play with a club. And then they have a new left guard and a new center. Their offensive line here is always an issue. They're on their fourth coach in four years. And uh, they they would like to have stability and talent and everything you need up front, but they just haven't been able to do it. And that affects the running game. And their best player on offense is their left tackle, Laramie Tunsil. And their second best is Damian Pierce, the running back, who had almost 1,000 yards last year, and then he missed last four games, most of the fifth one before that, when he had an ankle injury. So he might have been up around 1,300 yards. So he they need to run the ball. D'Amico Ryan's brought in Bobby Slowick, a longtime Cal, uh, Cal Shanahan protege, and Bobby uh, was the passing game coordinator out there. And he wanted to be a coordinator and call in his own plays. So he will. So you have first-time head coach, first-time play caller, first-time quarterback. So they're going to have their ups and downs. And I have them finishing uh, with six six victories, doubling last season's total, most of them coming uh, over the second half of the season. When C.J. Stroud it will have more experience. But you guys know anytime you have a rookie quarterback and he's on a bad team, he's going to have a lot of ups and downs. Did you see uh, speaking to you know his performance in the preseason? How much did they actually unveil from CJ, and and how should that set the scene for him? They're very vanilla. They didn't play Damian Pierce much, and Stroud uh, his first game he was a deer in the headlights, and then he was better in the second game. Had a one great series, and they pulled him, and then in the third game they had a touchdown drive and a touchdown pass, and they pulled him. So. Uh, one thing we know from the 49ers offense, and it's the same offense the Ravens saw here under Gary Kubiak because it all started with Mike Shanahan, and they, they'll they run the ball. Uh, everybody has to block, and that includes the wide receivers. If you don't block, you're not playing because 
49ers have a lot of big play guys. Texans don't. You know, they hope to get there at some point. It's going to take another offseason with free agency and draft choices to continue to fortify the roster. But there's some things you got to do, and everybody has to block. The 49ers always have a lot of yards after contact, and that's one reason is they know how to use spacing to get the guys open. Texans would like to do that, but that's going to be hard for them right off the bat. You know, and I expect the Ravens to beat them soundly. And uh, and then I think the Texans will come home and beat Indianapolis. In the first game, we'll see between C.J. Stroud and their rookie quarterback, Anthony Richardson. Do you feel like still talking about C.J. here? I can remember when the Ravens drafted Lamar. Uh, he had the benefit of having Joe Flacco having, you know, the beginning of the season kind of going so Lamar could get his legs under him. But as soon as he came on campus, coaches were talking. They were like, yeah, he still has to learn the NFL game a little bit, but we believe that he can be something big in this league. And then once Joe Flacco got hurt, you know, Lamar Jackson came on and it was exactly what the coaches thought, that he could carry this team to wins. Have you seen anything from C.J. Stroud where you're like, okay, he's young, he's going to be going through growing pains, but we feel like we found a franchise quarterback? Well, they believe that, or they wouldn't have drafted him second overall. And one of the things he does, you know, Lamar got has gotten by so much with his running ability, and that's going to be the toughest thing for the Texans to, to contain in this game. Just because Todd Monken is the new coordinator doesn't mean Lamar is not going to be running a lot when he sees an opportunity. And you know he's going to see a lot – a lot of opportunities because he loves to look for those opportunities. So C.J. Stroud is not a runner. He can run. He had over 70 yards against Northwestern last year, a couple of games where he rushed over 40. But as he told us, he said, I've been stupid to run the ball because I had such great receivers for two years, and they were always open. So I had to get them the ball. If I didn't, I would have never heard the end of it. So he can move, not like Lamar Jackson, because not many – do and the best thing we've seen from him so far is his ball placement he's very accurate now he hadn't had a lot of time to throw in the preseason i don't expect him to have a lot of time to throw in this game i think there'll be a lot of short drops quick releases a lot of short and intermediate passes because they don't have a great receiver they don't have a go-to receiver the only receiver on this team who's capable of scoring every time he gets the ball is uh tank dell a third-round pick from University of Houston who's 5'8 and 165, and they didn't play him much in preseason, but when they did, he was instant excitement. It's a good chance he's going to return punts. He plays outside. He plays inside. Last year, he was second in the country in touchdowns, catches first in touchdowns, first in yards. That kid can get the yards after the catch, but most of them are, sh- are short and intermediate receivers and and. Two of the starters, Robert Woods and Nico Collins, have been coming off injuries, so they don't really know for sure what they have at receiver. They just know they need somebody to emerge, and he's got Dalton Schultz, the Cowboys tight end, signed a one-year $9 million deal, and I expect him to end up being the uh, leading receiver because uh, he's he's he runs those routes close to the line of scrimmage in which that's kind of a safety valve for a rookie quarterback. Outside of uh, outside of Titus, John, how big of a concern is is protection? You know, with that offensive line. 
It's a huge concern. It's always a concern. I look at like next generation stats and pro football focus and ESPN and they have them rated like anywhere from 16 to 20th. And I'm like, what if they've been watching, you know, this offensive line has struggled uh, for years. And, uh, and one of the reasons is they keep changing coaches. It should be illegal what they're doing to those players, bringing in new coaches, new systems, new terminology, new responsibilities every year. So it is an issue until it isn't, and we don't know if it's going to be at a point where it isn't because they do have a rookie center, and they got a left guard, Josh Jones, who was acquired to trade two weeks ago, who's never played left guard, and uh, Titus Howard's playing with a club. So I'm not – nobody knows how they're going to do as a group because two of them are new and the other one's coming off an injury against a very good defense. Hey, John, you had mentioned uh, the third overall pick, Will Will Anderson. Uh, you said it. I had seen it. I've been seeing it around. Lots of buzz with him for perhaps the defensive rookie of the year. Um, do you feel like what you've seen maybe at training camp in the preseason, is he living up to that? What what is what is he showing you in what you've seen? They didn't play much in the games, but ever since he got here, you know, he's he's been something else. Now, JJ White only had five and a half sacks as a rookie, so he didn't set the world on fire. They haven't had a double digit sack guy here since Watt had sixteen in two thousand eighteen, but he's certainly capable. They line him up in that wide nine. They don't want to slow him down thinking, dropping into coverage, and things like that, trying to get too cutesy. They want him to play the run, of course, and get the quarterback. You know, he was a star from his freshman year at Alabama. A lot of these players had one great year in college. He had three, and his sophomore year was phenomenal. And he, he's listed at 246. That was his college weight. The Texans roster, you can't count on it at all because they never – update the weights he told us he'd worked his tail off to get up to 260 so he could wow. take on the tackles and the tight ends and uh he is he's a defensive player every time the ball snapped i'm gonna be watching him speaking of of who you watched you've you watched javian cloudy for a good chunk of the early part of his career of course launching in houston the ravens bring him in sort of last minute this offseason what do you expect from him I'm, he's on the other side of 30 now the mercenary it's amazing. Jadevian turned down a, co a contract here. I think it was $75 million. might have been $85. And the reason was they already had J.J. Watt making 100 You can't have two defensive ends making 100 And Clowney, he underwent microfracture surgery as a rookie, and a lot of people predicted his career would be over, and he'd never be the same. Then he had to have two other operations on that knee. And when Bill O'Brien traded him to Seattle, and turned out to be one of the many terrible trades O'Brien made. Jadevian's never had 10 sacks. He was always better against the run. When he and Watt and DJ Reader, who stars for the Bengals now, were on the front line, they were they were prodigious when it came to opponents having to worry about them, game planning against the run, against the pass as well. So I like Clowney. He lives here. I hope he does well. You know, I wish that he could tie down a job uh, for several years instead of just floating and obviously loves to miss training camp. But hopefully he'll stay healthy and help the Ravens. John, can you give us a little bit more insight into his personality? I mean, he's only been here for, for two weeks. And the way things ended with the Browns, it, I know that some some fans, some media were concerned like, 
you know, it just seemed like people thought he wasn't a team guy or whatever. But then to me, it's like, well, it's the Browns. Not a lot of things always end well in, in Cleveland. Can you give us some insight into his personality and, and it like how much he loves football and how much he's had to overcome injury wise? Now he may have changed since he was here. You know, his last year here was 2018 and then O'Brien traded him, but uh, JD, that's what he goes by is, is, is like a big kid. He's fun all the time. He, uh, people look at him in the locker room when he's cutting up and dancing like he's not serious, but that's not the case. Remember when he came out of South Carolina, that famous play in which he hit the Michigan running back and his helmet went back as far as the football, that was on a running play, not a pass play. And he told me one time early in his career, I'm better against the run than I am rushing quarterback, but everybody talks like I should be a better pass rusher. So he does take a lot of pride in stopping the run. And, you know, for John Harbaugh, that's very important. And so he should fit in like that. Now, with Cleveland last year, he had some quotes where he took a shot at Miles Garrett and all the attention you got. Well, you knew he was gone then. And uh, some people tried to say it was off the record. It doesn't matter. You know, you can't be saying something about Miles Garrett, their best defensive player, team leader, and one of the best in the NFL. And I never heard, ever heard Clowney say anything even remotely controversial. He was always very careful, but a good guy, a fun guy. And I know where he works out here, and he worked his tail off for this season. Now he lands in Baltimore kind of like Justin Houston did on the other side of 30. Perhaps he has a chance to, to sit from the fountain of youth here for the next year or so. And the outside linebacker room, as you may learn or be reminded of on Sunday, John, is, is very unknown here in terms of what the Ravens have entering this season. So perhaps it could be a good fit for Jadavian. Is there a specific matchup that you're looking for going into this game? Uh, I just got off my regular Wednesday morning show with the Texans flagship, and I told them the the run defense because they have been pathetic against the run for four years in a row, and they were by far the worst in the NFL last season. They gave up 170 yards a game. People around the country think the Texans were just terrible to fire two coaches after being one and done. If you'd seen the coaching, you'd certainly understand it. And uh, people take a lot of shots at him. Maybe D'Amico Ryans can actually last a second season. Well, he took, he had the number one defense in the NFL last year with the 49ers. The first thing they did was stop the run. They gave up like 73 yards a game. Well, if they could knock off about, they could get down to 140 range, it'd be good here. That's where they were the year before. And they were 31st. So they've got to come out against the team that, Annually, as you guys know, is a big team running and one of the best in the NFL. They've got to prove, first and foremost, they can contain the run, and it starts with Lamar Jackson, not letting him beat you with his legs all the time. And uh, that's what everybody here wants to see. People up there, I know they want to see him throw the ball to his new receivers, and that's great, but if they can't stop the run, there will be no need for Lamar Jackson to throw the ball. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is that everybody's excited to see the Ravens throw, throw, throw with all these new weapons, but I know that the Ravens are probably going to want to test the Texans and stopping the run, seeing how that they uh, 
how they finished last year in Russian defense. Well, usually, John, we finish by asking for game predictions. You've already given us yours. It sounds like you're pretty confident that the Ravens will win. Is there anything like I guess, is there anything the Texans could do to, to make this a game like outside of what you just said, stopping the run? Do you see another key that would like make this competitive? Oh, boy. You know, if they could come within 10, which is the spread here, the people, the fans here and media would consider that a victory because they don't have high expectations against the Ravens. I think if they could stop the run, force them to throw, they have a good secondary led by safety Jalen Petrie and cornerback Derek Stingley Jr. And last year, the secondary was good, even though Stingley missed eight games with injuries. And so they do have a good um, pass coverage. But I would think that, and I would think they would have to control the ball with the running game, that all of a sudden this mismatch group alignment and the tight ends and the wide receivers would help them block, and Damian Pierce would rush for more than 100 yards. Devin Singletary started for the Bills the last three years, was signed to be the backup. And if somehow they could control the ball, control the clock, keep the defense fresh, then they might be able to make it competitive. But I don't see any way that the Texans could win this game. Sarah, something that we may have overlooked in that first couple minutes. John, did you say that, speaking of predictions, you have the Ravens winning it all this year? Is that what you said? I said that. I do. I've got that in my column. (laughs) And the reason is when they won the Super Bowl over San Francisco, I picked them to win it. I got all kind of attention for that. One year I picked Philadelphia to lose the Super Bowl, and they did, and I got all kind of attention. So I like to pick teams that others aren't picking. Now, we know the Ravens are going to be good. The division is so tough, but everybody's picking Cincinnati, but everybody's picking Cincinnati so much it almost makes me think there's it's, it's just too much. And I don't think Pittsburgh's going to win it, and I don't think Cleveland is going to win it. And uh, so I have, going out on a limb, Two playoff teams were last year that didn't do much, and that is Baltimore beating Seattle in the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. Wow! Did you did you have an AFC road for them? Did you did you do you predict the the wild card division and and AFC championship? Yeah, I picked the AFC championship game. I got tired of messing with the wild cards, and uh, <laughs> I have I have Seattle beating San Francisco. Poor old Forty ers lose another NFC championship game. And I had the Ravens beating the Chiefs. Wow. Oh, John, you are just making Ravens fans happy right now. <laughs> well, I mean, the odds are it's not going to happen. But if I'm right, like I was the last time when I picked Baltimore, you guys feel free to call me back and call me a genius. I never get called that. Coming off our prediction episode, Sarah, I love the boldness right here. If you're yeah. going to do predictions, you got to be bold. That's exactly there what John does. John, your favorite spot when you're in Baltimore. What do you do when you when you come to town? Uh, well, my wife and I have a home just outside of Annapolis on the Chesapeake Bay, and uh, every and she loves crabs. She grew up in Silver Spring, and she knows every place around there. And her favorite place is LP Steamer. As soon as we get there. We got to go to LP Steamers and Shores, about 20 pounds of big crabs. And I sit there watching her crack them and eat them for two hours. Yeah. <laughs> Good for you guys. That's all. I had no idea that you spent time up here. So awesome. we love Baltimore, love the Baltimore area where we live. It's actually called West River, close to 
Galesville. We're just 10 minutes outside of Annapolis. We love Baltimore, Annapolis, and D.C. and the Chesapeake Bay. So most of us can probably agree. It's just straight up more fun to be there for live Ravens football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official resale ticket marketplace of the Ravens, Ticketmaster has a wide selection of fully verified resale tickets. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. You can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Plus, if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. So do yourself a favor and find verified resale tickets today by visiting Ticketmaster.com forward slash Ravens. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, John, I think I think you, you just won over a good portion of our audience, not only with your take, but uh, knowing how how acquainted you and your wife are with the DMV. So have a great season. Safe travels up here. Thanks so much for your time and, and for dropping by the vault. And I'll expect a call from you guys after the Ravens win the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. Will do. We'll, we'll be calling you a genius. <laughs> Thank you. We'll yeah. Keep your receipts, John. All Thanks right. For Talk to me. you soon. Thanks so much. John McClain, man, that wow. that was exactly what, what I thought it would be, partner. What's funny is like, I'm glad you brought that back up because I heard him call him the Super Bowl champion Ravens. But in my mind, I was like, maybe he's just given respect for like the last two times that the Ravens won it. Like, I didn't realize that he was given a bold prediction right off the top. And he says it, he's like a classic, I know he does radio now, but he's but he's grown up in print. He said it in such a classic print journalist kind of way. Like a broadcast journalist would be like, and then you know what I mean? Just like make it, you know, huge and passionate. He just kind of said it so like even keel with his voice. So uh, great, great guest to have on. That's hilarious. Like the fact that he would be potentially, you know, touting, a championship from 10 years ago and 23 years ago, right? Coming off the top with that, that'd be hilarious. But yeah, I caught that and I was like, all right, we got to probably revisit that. I think he meant this year. And yeah. so that's why I wanted to make sure that we, uh, we we circled back with him. But yeah, I mean, he said it 46, 47 years. I think he, he had been, he's been covering football. So he's just a savant. That's why I really wanted to have him on. I had no idea his roots or his connection to the area, which is pretty cool. 
you know that I spent a good chunk of my summer earlier on on the Chesapeake Bay as well, working with yeah. a boat rental company. So that was kind of cool. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I, you want to spend a couple of minutes just kind of unpacking some some takeaways here. I liked what he had to say about Jadavian. Yes. You know, I think he's got great perspective on him. And remember, Jadavian spent a good chunk of his career in Houston. He, he, he was drafted by the Texans. And that's where he became Jadavian Clowney, you know. So I, I like the fact that, um, you know, I, it seems as if last year in Cleveland, speaking to his personality, I'm so glad that you followed up on that because I was, I was thinking about doing that as well. It seemed as if last year was sort of an outlier, which is good. And hopefully that kind of eases the minds of, of Ravens fans. Yeah, I really like that insight too. He also had mentioned, which I hadn't heard before, because again, we're looking from the outside in, but he said he had put out there that perhaps J J D, and that's, you know, I like that he that we have that nickname. Um uh he he mentioned that perhaps Jadavian thought he was off the record. Um, and John said, you know, that doesn't matter. And like I kind of do think it does matter a little bit. Like, still, I mean, I don't you know, I'm not talking bad about you behind your back, right? Like, I'm not doing that. But it there is still a line. Like, sometimes you get frustrated. Like, I go to my husband. And, again, husband's different from a journalist that you think you're talking to offline. But I do think that makes a difference. I do think that that makes a difference to publicly. I think it's okay to have frustrations with your team, with your teammates, with your coaches. Hopefully, you're 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 working that out inside but to me, it does make a difference if you thought you were off <laughs> off record. So I thought that was interesting. And then just what he said in terms of like, you know, just um, the type of personality is since he's been here um, and it's only been a couple weeks, it's the same thing with, with OBJ. One of my favorite quotes that I'm always going to remember from OBJ is he's like, I have to know that my reputation's already in a room before I enter, you know, and he knows that it's like an uphill battle for him, depending on what the reputation is. Like there are people that are just big fans of him and that will, will give him, you know, all the love. But then there are also people that are like, you know, you know, worried about some of his younger years or, or stuff like that. So he's aware that there's a reputation. And so the same thing with, with Clowney, really with all these stars, there's a reputation in a room before you even walk in and you're, you might be already working an uphill battle. And so that was that was good to hear from a guy again. He he did say it's been a couple of years since he left, but um, you know, he was there for several years and you know, just a fun, uh, fun guy, you know, that that is obviously self-aware in terms of um knowing he's a run, a run defense guy first. The other thing that he said that I did not know, and again, we're just so focused on the Ravens. Obviously, we knew about Jadavian Clowney's injuries, and he talked about how he's just had to go overcome injuries. I hadn't heard what John had said, which is that some had predicted with the type of injury and surgery that he had to have that somebody were like, is he gonna play again? So um that that gives a little bit more perspective on the seriousness of the injuries he's been working through. Yeah. A couple of good takeaways there. Also on top of that, I think perhaps an area that Todd Munkin can attack. This is probably no surprise, but you know, they've been putrid. I don't think he used that, that word, but something along those lines when it comes to the run defense. So don't be surprised if Todd comes right out of the gate on Sunday and tries to establish, you know, the pace, the overall control of the game on the ground much like the Ravens have done for years in this Lamar era. If that's an area of weakness for Houston, which it sure seems like it might, 
might be, then, then that could be one of the, the early game plans to kind of establish dominance in the trenches right out of the gate. So um, there was that. There's not a lot of expectations surrounding this Houston team, which sometimes is scary, Sarah, because when you don't have expectations, what the heck do you have to lose? And so, you know, C.J. Stroud, while it was a vanilla preseason and they didn't, you know, very small sample size in terms of what you saw from them, sometimes that can be scary. So I'm not predicting whatsoever a Ravens loss in week one, but I think, you know, Houston, when you when you have such little expectations, sometimes that actually uh, loosens you up a little bit as a team. Just to give some numbers behind what you just said and what John said. So uh, finishing last season, the Texans finished 30th in total defense, 32nd, dead last in the league in rush defense, and their pass defense, 10th. And they've got, he said he's got the the returning players, the uh, two second-year players at safety and cornerback with uh, Stingley, and uh, I'm forgetting the safety's name. I know it starts with a P. Um, Petrie. Petrie, there we go. Uh, But then again, also, their offense, you know, was ranked 31st. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what C.J. Stroud. Now, I remember under the the old guard, this isn't the same defense, but boy, did Ray Lewis and company like to eat the lunch of rookie quarterbacks. So I hope that they um, come at him and confuse him and try to beat him up early. Um, just because you, like you said, you don't want, when you've got nothing to lose, you don't want to give even an ounce of confidence um, to, to a young guy because then he can just play free and reckless. And obviously the Ravens want to... Um, you know, make him second guess himself from the beginning. And by the way, obviously I wish CJ Drought Stroud the best in his career, just not against the Ravens. <laughs> JK might be licking his chops based on the game plan here. Now that I start to think about this a little bit, sink our teeth into the game preview. You know, it's funny. He mentioned John did Derek Stingley Jr. Who's one of the cornerbacks for cornerbacks for Houston. And uh, something popped up in my head. You know where I'm going with this? No. So Derek, Derek and Patrick Queen have LSU ties. Do you remember their flirting over Twitter back in like, oh, I can't remember yeah. if it was after the draft. I think we did an episode on it, or at least it was a portion of, maybe it got like a topic or something back when we were doing more structured episodes. But that was when I was a big believer that PQ was gone or PQ was upset or PQ. Now we just talked, you know, Jeff Zerebeck kind of un, sort of revealed what, what really went wrong with Pat and the Ravens this offseason. It was mostly about the negotiation process, not drafting Trenton, not declining the fifth-year option, all of that stuff. But uh, I do remember when those two were going back and forth on Twitter with a bunch of different emojis and thinking to myself, is PQ heading to Houston? But that feels like a lifetime ago based on what this offseason was like. <laughs> that does feel like a, 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 a decade. It feels like everything feels like forever ago in this offseason just because I feel like things were turned around so quickly. One other thing, one other takeaway, and then we can maybe give our own predictions and 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 end here. Um, him talking about Bill O'Brien and the moves that he made and how it's reverberating years down the line, it just reiterates to me, and I mean, obviously he's an extreme, extreme example. Like he just... There were so many bad moves that he made, but it, it just it, it it reminds me that what you do this season has effects next season and maybe the season after and all of that. Like these off seasons are absolutely so critical 
that at the very least you don't make idiotic moves that like the ones that he made, but even more hitting on a draft or anything like that. And so um, this is, this is an off season where the Ravens were a little bit more out of characteristic with void years and all of that. And so it's like, you do, you have to pick your pockets or pick your moments of when you want to do that. Because, you know, we are, you know, if like OBJ isn't re-signed or some of these void year guys, we're all, we're already going to have a lot of dead money and it's worth it. If you do what the Rams did and you actually win it all right, it's worth it. So, um, I do like that EDC is mostly, uh, measured, uh, rarely overpays rarely, uh, and then picks his moments when he does. And it seemed like a good time to do so when you were trying to get turn this offseason around and get your franchise quarterback here with you know the OBG's OBJ signing and some other void years. But man, to just have three or four years where you're winning three games, four games, all of that, um, you know, you're, you're, you're joy. Uh, the comparisons are the thief of joy, right? If you were constantly comparing the Ravens to the to the Chiefs, which you should do because that's the standard. It sometimes make you, makes you feel like, man, wh- wh- what are we doing wrong? Then other times you compare them to somebody like the Houston Texans, you're like, oh, I'm glad that we're like in, in the conversation every single year. So you kind of have to do both to, to like build, be grateful for the organization that you have, but at the same time never be satisfied because you do have to knock off people like the Chiefs, which he's predicting the Ravens do this year. Yeah, and John was very – adamant about the changes the the turnover in houston what four head coaches in five years or something along those lines like there's just been so much so much change it's hard to to establish camaraderie much less like consistency in the midst of so much change and turnover so again we just want to say thanks to, to john mclean for for popping on the show you can follow him uh, on twitter at mclean underscore on underscore nfl uh, it's got huge following very, very well known in the business. And so it was great to kind of kick off our season. And by the way, you know, we, we, I tweeted this out. We would love to hear from you based on, I remember getting some emails last year about, you know, just fans showing appreciation to our game preview episodes because it allows them to familiarize themselves and get themselves smarter before they actually watch the game itself from, from the opponent's perspective. So we goes without saying, we would love your recommendations requests on who you want to hear from weeks two through 18. So uh, be sure to, to hit us up on social media or uh, via email at Baltimore Ravens vault at gmail.com with those submissions. Let's do our predictions. Then we'll jump. So basically, as John mentioned, the, the Ravens are favored 10 point favorites as, as of the time of this taping Wednesday, the sixth, the over under is set at 43 and a half. I, I think the Ravens are going to win this game. I think they're going to be, North of the 30-point threshold in Todd Munkin's debut, I'm going to go 35-20 Ravens over the Texans week one. We've already talked about their dominance in week one. They're overprepared week in and week out. Lamar's career on uh, week one is is nothing short of stellar, and I think they kick things off against a weaker opponent in Houston with a week one win inside the bank, 35-20. to 20. Yeah, the Ravens under John Harbaugh are 11 and 4 in kickoff weekend. They've won six of their last seven openers. Um, I don't think that's going to change. I've got the Ravens 30 to 17. Um, yeah, I just I just have a hard time thinking that the uh, the Houston Texans are are going to come into Baltimore 
with the vibes that are going on here with the new offense, obviously there's going to be some growing pains, um, but I just don't think that they're going to have the firepower or the offensive line um, yeah. to, to be able to do much. And I, and I'll be interested also, as I'm sure John, John said he was looking forward to see if they can, I, I don't know if they've done enough at all to remotely stop somebody like JK and Lamar and Gus and uh, Justice Hill on the ground while also trying to take care of all these weapons. So 30 to 17 Ravens. For our YouTube audience, I'm sorry. I'm just so, so sick still. So I've been like blowing my nose, having all kinds of issues, clearing my throat and whatnot. So hopefully I got some time between now and Sunday. I am officiating a wedding on Saturday for a long time. High school friend, Sarah, I have no idea how this is going to go. I feel so bad. She's like checking in. This is her wedding day. You know, she's like checking in with me like, hey, how you doing? You know, what, what, what's up? And I'm like, hey, everything's going well. Just sucking down fluids. And she's a nurse, too. So she's like sending out all kinds of different uh, you know, texts, nice texts and, and requests and, and recommendations for what I should be drinking and taking. And so not only is she worrying about the weather in upstate New York in, in early September, but she's also worrying about her freaking efficient. So, yeah. Well, you are a grinder. Appreciate you. You have not, you know, you're still, still, still pushing through. I know you've got a huge week ahead and I hope everybody understands. I know Bobby understands when I laugh, when people talk about what's going wrong, like when, when I just keep getting hit in my own life, I laugh because it's a better alternative than like curling up in a ball in like the fetal position and like crying about like, Oh my gosh, I have a wedding. Oh, in week one. Oh, and I got to be out there for the pregame. Oh, and I'm still doing all these videos in between. Like, and I still got to drive back down to Baltimore at some point, probably losing sleep some more. Like I'm just thinking about everything that's hitting you. And so I just want to point out to the, I know you know that I'm laughing with you about oh, the yeah. craziness and not being like unsympathetic, but all you can do is like laugh, get your sleep, get your fluids and, and like put your head down and get through it. And appreciate that. I have all this on my plate. We're blessed to have all this. Yeah, you're right. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped for this weekend. I mean, just the fact that this new season is is kickstarting and, and everything that went into this offseason, new partnerships, more to come announcements wise before the week's over, you know, being back in Baltimore. I've, I've, been, I've been up in upstate New York and Vegas for the last month, just spending time with family, spending time at conferences, learning more about content creation. I'm excited to get back down there and and really get the 2023 season going. So with that, again, thanks to John McLean for dropping by, as always, for just Man, that, that guy is a, a savant. He's a walking textbook. And we also wanted to shout out and thank two of our returning patrons who are supporting everything we do here inside the vault through Patreon this month. So Blake Yaspa and Mike, we appreciate both of you guys for believing in what we're building here in Baltimore and beyond. And if you guys are interested in doing the same out there, check out what we're offering by visiting patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault Podcast. So with that, a game preview episode number one is in the books. Houston and Baltimore will square off at one o'clock inside the bank on Sunday. Again, Sarah and I will be live streaming. We're back in weekly live streaming mode. So within the hour of these games wrapping up after press conferences finish, Sarah and I will be hitting the live stream button and going live across all platforms. So hopefully you can join us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, whatever it is that you deem to be most effective for your listening and watching habits. So 
For Sarah Ellison, I'm Bobby Trossett signing off from this Wednesday afternoon edition here inside the vault. Thanks to John McClain. Thanks to everybody inside the vault. And we'll talk to you soon.